Hey, Mystic Michaela, spiritual family. Welcome to Know Your Aura with Mystic Michaela talking today about friend breakups and, uh, you know, the spiritual repercussions of that, how it feels after spiritual awakening when sometimes you and your friends grow apart. It's very stressful. But first, hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. Here, here's the good news with this topic. Yeah. I, I don't relate. Because really? yeah, because I'm kinda like Conan O'Brien. I, I don't have <laughs> you any don't friends. Have friends. <laughs> I really don't have any friends. Actually, you know what? That's not true. I have three friends. Yeah. You, Aww. Brianna, and Abby. Those are your friends. friends. But yeah, I don't have any friends, so this topic for me doesn't jive. But I do want to introduce our special guest today. Special guest. Special guest. She is our favorite podcast guest. <laughs> Thank she you. <laughs> she has a red and purple aura. Straight A student. Oh, thank you. Middle school. Here she is, Brianna. Hi. And we brought her on, you know, because we've been doing, we've been watching a lot of Netflix with her. You might know her from our Christmas movie reviews. Yes. Um, You know, her (laughs) fabulous aura reading of James Charles. Right. So we thought she'd bring a lot to the show today. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I want to tell you guys something. that You guys are going to love this. I have not told them yet. Brie, Mystic Michaela. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. I booked us a vacation. Okay. It's yeah. Five nights. Okay. Okay. The place we're going, the, the lobby of this hotel is incredible. Wait, I know. It's what one saying. of it's one <laughs> of the most fabulous lobbies that you'll ever see. Yeah. Oh my god, really? Uh yeah. Sunshine. I think it's probably close to all the historical sites. We are going to be staying at the hotel. Cecil in LA. (laughs) Oh my God. We couldn't sleep for the whole night after that. It was so scary. I'm still scared. That's a scary show when we made her watch it. No, actually I wanted to. Okay. Well, I was going to take the blame off of you. So (laughs) should I, so is is this good? No. No. Cancel it. Yeah, we should cancel it. Yeah, totally. All right. Well, the reason we'll cancel it because you know why we actually have this going on in our own house. Okay. Brie, you don't even know this. So two nights ago, I don't want to freak you out, but here I go on the podcast. Two nights ago, um, I, you know, I woke up, I was having, you know, I usually don't sleep that great. And I'm a light sleeper, which could be a mom thing too. Because if I hear any of the kids getting up or moving or anything, I'm, I'm like, like wide awake. So I had, I was having a really weird dream and I woke up and I was like, oh, like that was annoying. And I look at the clock and it says it's 4.13. And then I look, because right across from where I sleep is my bedroom door and it's open. And I look and I see Abby walking downstairs. What? Yeah. So I'm like, okay. Um, I figured that's probably what woke me up or whatever. Cause I can kind of sense when the kids are up. So I get up. Um, I'm like, that's so weird that she's going downstairs. Cause it's like pitch black down there. And normally she doesn't do that. She'd come into our room first and get me or something like that. So I'm like, whatever. So I go to the bathroom. I come out. I figured she'd be upstairs by now. Cause it was dark. No. And I'm like, that's so weird. And I look downstairs. It's still black. Okay. And I'm like, Abby. Like, I'm calling down the stairs without trying to wake anyone up. So I'm like, Abby, Abby. No answer. Then it gets weird. Then I revisit my head. And the vision that I saw walking was a little taller than Abby. What? And also... Oh, oh it, was, it was Brie. No, but it wasn't as tall as Brie. Oh. And, and then I remember, like, the vision of my... Now, I'm not wearing my glasses when I saw this. That's the other thing. And then the vision I saw had, like, a lighter hair, too. So I'm like, what? But the, the vision I saw was, like, carrying a blanket. So it was... You know, and it, was, it wasn't walking. It did look like floating. So I'm like, that else... Like, I don't know if this ever happened to you guys. It, like, hits you. Like, wait a second. Then I go into Abby's room. She's in her bed, like, sound, 
asleep. I check Bree's room. She's in her bed, sound asleep. Maybe it was me. I come back into, no, because I was sleeping next to you. I come back in our bedroom. You're sound asleep. Nobody's in the bed with us. Like, none of the, like, nobody crawled in. I'm like, and then I was like, oh my God, I saw something. Oh my God. So, what you're basically telling us is Bree's sleeping in her bed. Yeah. Abby's sleeping in her bed. Yeah. I'm sleeping in my bed. The cats? No. That makes no sense. Makes no so sense. anyway, okay. so I was, I just crawled up and cuddled next to you and I'm like, what the heck? And I wasn't scared when it happened. So I feel like it's, it's that house kid we all see every oh, once in yeah. a while. House kid. In Abby's room? Yeah. And it's, oh, I forgot a tidbit of the story. I heard Abby's door open. Oh, okay. That's, Stop. Because uh, Abby's door has a special squeak when it Bri- opens. Bree is freaking out. She is. I'm sorry, Bree. She's actually looking up and down the stairs to see if anybody's it's coming. It's creepy. This is really creepy. I, I think we should just kind of leave this here. Yeah. Because. That's weird. I don't know. Strange. Like, I wasn't scared, so it's not anything bad or anything. It's And it could have been from a reading, maybe, but I don't know. I have a feeling it was, like, yeah. the kid in the house that I mean, we all I, intermittently see. Here, I mean, here's the thing. Actually, we, you, there's been – we've had a lot of these stories, and there's been less because, you know, mm-hmm. we, we've had to transfer your in-person – uh, readings to phone readings. That's true. So I feel like since that's happened over the last year, um, we actually have had less we have, activity. You know, there's a lot, and you didn't. I didn't notice it till you pointed out to me. I'm like, yeah, there's a lot less yeah. activity in the house. A lot less things break. Knock on wood. No, I know. Um, like a lot of things aren't as, I guess, awry um, as when I was having people actually come to the house. Yeah, I mean, because usually, you know, like the day before the person was coming or whatever, something weird or strange yeah. would happen. Or you know, we'd see something, and then we'd be like, "What was that?" And then you'd be like, "And then the next day, the reading would happen." Yeah. And then we'd be like, "Oh my god, that's what it, it was." It makes sense, yeah. or what? Or they were just like they'd pre-visit or right. something like that. Yeah. So either you know, yeah, people might want to Baker act this after listening to this, but <laughs> yeah, um, let, let's change the topic for Brie, okay. you know, because she's a little scared. So we also watched a show, much more friendly show called My Octopus Teacher. And this is basically a show where a, I assume, super, super duper green guy yeah. falls in love. With an with, octopus. With an octopus. Thank you, Brie. Yeah. Um, so what was your take on that? Weird. <laughs> what do you think of the guy, Brie? Um, he was kind. I mean, he seemed nice. He was kind of strange, though. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, wouldn't you be bored going to the same place every day? Well, only a, only a green person, I think. Probably could do that, right? Well, I think you could tell he was going just his tool belt. He was like, <laughs> I need, I need every single tool. I can't be that. And and that struck me as super green. Also, like he mapped out that that. Oh yeah, he like mapped out the reef part. Yeah, like every he knew all the neighbors. He knew every little animal, and it, I mean, it was really cool. But like to, I think that's why green people are so special. The focus. The focus it takes to actually, I'm going to commit to visiting here every single day with the same level of interest as the day before. I mean, that's amazing to me. Yeah. But that's how green people are. And thank God for it. That's why they map things and study things. And, and he found a new behavior. Um, he didn't even realize it. He, he found this like new behavior of an octopus. Yeah. I mean, and the good thing is they never had a friend breakup. They were best friends <laughs> for the entire life of that octopus. All- <laughs> I, I had some issues with it. Just like he... I, I love the documentary. I cried at the end. It was very sweet. I, I want to be friends with an octopus now. I find them cute in an odd way after that <laughs> documentary. But I don't know. I think, and this is where I would interfere with nature, but I think I'd like want to, I don't know, protect it more, like build uh-huh. it a little, like make its den a little safer, you know, like help it out. Yeah. 
that, mean, no, is that wrong? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I think it is. Probably. <laughs> the, the only thing that kind of freaked me out. Okay. And this is, might be like a conspiracy theory or something like that. Okay. When they showed at the end the offspring of the octopus. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but what? one of the octopuses had glasses on. <gasps> meaning. Really? Stop it. Is it possible? <laughs> that he's the father. That was his baby with that the was octopus. Baby. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had a little octopus human baby. I wasn't sure because <laughs> he had glasses in a, in a tool belt. Yeah, with I, scuba gear. I mean, he said he was spending night and day thinking about her night and day. He was with her night and day. When would there be another time for another octopus to come in? <laughs> Did anybody else watch that? And they're like, how does his wife handle this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, what? What was Christmas like? Like, what are the conversations at dinner like when he's like off in La La Land thinking about the octopus and she's just like slamming the plates on the table or like slamming the door? Like, I'm leaving. I'm going out. <laughs> so, <laughs> he doesn't even notice. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to say it. There's a good chance. You notice amoebas yeah. on the ocean floor, but you don't notice I got a new hairstyle. <laughs> like, you know, like I'm thinking like what's going on at home. Right. So. But it was an interesting, I loved it and I highly recommend it. And yeah. It was a beautiful documentary just about like seeing the importance of every little being and, and you know, and needing to conserve that and protect it. I, I'm going to watch it again. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> just Me to too. make sure. There's no like distinguishing features. Okay. All right. Let's. We have a couple ads, and then we're gonna do a a fun thing called Under the Rock. I'm so ha- happy that I have Brianna here because her and I are kind of obsessed with a function of beauty. Yep. What's your favorite scent, Brianna? The peach one. You like the peach? It's I like okay. lavender, but I feel like we both use eucalyptus sometimes. Yeah, I use that one occasionally. Gives you like a happy tingle when I'm feeling different. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> you Me know, too. You too, Scott. I, yeah. I, yeah, when I'm feeling different, I use the... <laughs> You're like, I feel different. I, I, feel use, the, I use the pear. <laughs> and Brie and I like to, when we, you know, when you go online, you can do a new hair quiz. You can put in your hair goals. And I like to have Brie just do it herself. So her peach one is all for her hair goals. Yeah. And the eucalyptus one was for my hair goals. Um, but, you know, we've all got goals. Be healthy. Find work. Life balance. Improve our relationships. But have you thought about your hair goals? Function of Beauty is the world leader in customizing beauty offering precise formulations for your hair's specific needs during quarantine i just wanted to grow my hair and honestly function of beauty helped me do that prevent breakage keep it looking good and it, it truly is amazing but so here's how to get started first take a quick but thorough quiz to tell them a little bit about your hair type and your hair goals, such as length and volumize and oil control. And because your hair changes with the season, you can change your hair goals before every shipment. Next, choose your color and fragrance or go fragrance and dye free. Then Functions Team determines the perfect blend of ingredients, bottles your formula, and delivers it right to you. Every ingredient Function of Beauty uses is vegan and cruelty-free, and they never use sulfates or parabens. You can go completely silicone-free, which I totally love as a mom of young girls, um, just no chemicals, nothing that you don't need in there. There are over 54 trillion possible formulations, and Function of Beauty has over 50,000 real five-star reviews. I know. I'm (laughs) one of them. 
And Function of Beauty offers completely personalized formulas for body and skin care as well, so you can customize your beauty routine from hair to toe. So never buy off the shelf just to be disappointed ever again. I'm not going to. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash KYA to take your quiz and save 20% off your first order. That applies to their full range of customized hair, skin, and body products. Ooh. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash KYA to let them know we sent you. Thank you so much. And to get 20% off your order, that's functionofbeauty.com slash KYA. You can smell good like we do. Because <laughs> I like to smell the kids after they use it. It's creepy. I know. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm creepy. But I do. I do it. Um, oh, we had a new sponsor today. Man, this is like, uh, as a woman, as a mother, so empowering. I'm, I was so excited about this one. She's birdie. Birdie. Okay. Whether it's taking a walk around your neighborhood, running errands, or venturing out on your own, you always want to feel safe. And with Birdie, you can keep doing what you love with added peace of mind. Personally, um, I love to go walking at this, it's called the K, around my house. It gets a little sketchy. It does. And I got approached once by somebody, some man, and I i don't know. It, I haven't been back since. Let's be honest. You're a woman. You have to think about these things. Well, birdie as soon as I got this I'm like oh my gosh I can go that's the first thing that came back to my mind I'm like I can go walk there again and I feel safe wow peace of mind and it's a personal safety alarm designed to be easy to carry and it's simple to use I gave one to Brie Brie is it hard to use it's really easy yeah like we practiced it when we got it it's it's super easy she can use it and what do you think about it, Scott? No, this is amazing. Yeah. This is going to be a breakthrough for me. Why? Because I can go back to Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Well, what do you mean? Well, when I go there, the Amish, they swarm me. <laughs> well, the birdie. Yeah, if I have this birdie, you know, Jebediah gets a little too close. Bang. Yeah, that's right. Let me tell you about it. Yeah. Because when you activate your birdie with a quick pull, the alarm will emit a loud 130 decibel siren and flashing strobe light to help deter an attack. It is loud and it is not it hurts your ears it is crazy alarming like when you pull it out you're like whoa it makes people not want to mess with you unlike pepper spray or other deterrents birdie is no danger to you feel confident to use it without the worry it can't be used against you birdie goes wherever you go the alarm comes in multiple colors it's super cute and has a brass keychain so you can attach it to your keys or your bag or you can attach it to the strap of your like your bra strap if you're jogging i gave it to my neighbor erin who was on the podcast a few weeks ago so she can um use it when she's running so i always get worried about her because she goes at 3 a.m over 300,000 birdie alarms have been sold, and they have thousands of five-star reviews. Join the flock today for a safer tomorrow. Right now, She's Birdie is offering our listeners 15% off your first purchase when you go to she'sbirdie.com slash K-Y-A. Go to She's Birdie, spelled S-H-E-S-B-I-R-D-I-E dot com slash K-Y-A for 15% off your first purchase. That's she'sbirdie.com slash K-Y-A. I really wish I had had this when I was in college and I had to like walk at night at 9 p.m. to my car in the middle of some really scary location. I wish I had this. Guys, we're going back to Amish country. (laughs) We can go. We can do it. We can do it. We can do it. So some of you, I don't know, I'm sure we've talked about this on another podcast. When I met you, I called you 1998 Man, and I created a song about you called Under a Rock He Lives. You're just, you've never been up on the pop culture from 1998. Like after that, you don't know anything. So we're, we're coming up on quite a while, but now you have... A special Gen Z in the house. We have a Gen Z daughter. And 
the conversations between the two of you are just, I mean, we have to go through catch we got to catch scotty up well, to speed we got to get him out under the rock we need to educate him mm-hmm. yeah well here here's the problem um i you know a- abby has been you know hanging around with the neighborhood kids a lot um <laughs> and she's only she's gonna be six so i have to go out there and, and keep a watch you know okay, yeah so i usually you know i take my bicycle whatever mm-hmm. i ride just ride around in circles yeah or, you're like one of the pack right of children so, <laughs> exactly i think they yes I, actually i think they think i'm one of them they've yes um, but a lot of these <laughs> they kids, they do. they do. I know they do. I, I, You're kind what, of like like that guy in the octopus teacher. Like they've started to ignore you, and now started doing their natural behaviors around you. That's true. They actually, some of them actually. <laughs> the weird thing is, like some of them have been knocking on the door and saying, "Can I come out and play?" Wow, Other creepy than, guy. Yeah, yeah, not Abby, me. You know? <laughs> yeah, I know that's yeah. creepy. Okay, but <laughs> these kids have been saying things to me, and I don't quite understand what they're talking about. I yeah. think I do. And I just want to go over them with you, Brianna, to see if I'm right in in this. Okay. All right. So the other day, one of the kids came up to me and said, (laughs) I ship you with that turkey club. So you were eating a turkey club? I was eating a turkey club, and the kid comes up and he goes, I ship you with that turkey club. So So what does that ship mean? No, does does that mean like he wants to take me on a cruise? What is that? (laughs) No, that means like um, he thinks you and your turkey club should date. Me, what? That's what this kid told it me. It comes from relationship. Ship means like you guys should date. Yeah. Like I ship you two. Okay. I First, I, I, I thought he said the, a four letter word to me. Like, oh, you know, take yeah. the P and turn it into a T. Yeah. Um, but then I heard it was ship. Mm. Okay. So basically, he's say, saying to me, I should have a relationship with my turkey sandwich. Yeah, exactly. What a nice, what a nice kid. Mm-hmm. Really? All right. My, the next one, this kid came up to me and. You know, I was like kind of dancing. I, you know, I was just having fun out there, and you know, I was doing some dance moves. And he and he comes up and he says, "You're no Charlie Demonico." Do you mean Demilio? No, Demo- uh, I don't know Charlie Demonico. Who's it? What is this? Her real name's Charlie Demilio. Oh, okay. Who's she? She is on TikTok. She has like over a hundred million followers, and she just dances. That's it. Real, just dances. Pretty much. That's like the only thing she's famous for. Okay, so I was out there dancing. Am I going to get 100 million followers on well, YouTube, TikTok, whatever? There's a conspiracy where she buys her followers. <gasps> Shocking. Ooh. I know. How, how do I do that? <laughs> well, I'm not sure how you do it, but there's just a conspiracy okay. going around that was she Was she, has. like, the first one on TikTok? Like, how, how did no. that happen? How'd she get famous? Like, you know? Um... I actually don't know how she got famous, but she all of a sudden did. But it's usually just like nine-year-olds following her. Okay. okay. Do we know her colors? She's case? blue and pink. You know, the thing is with pink people, sometimes we wonder how they got famous sometimes a little bit. Because like they don't look like they're trying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, you're telling me she has 100 million followers. Uh-huh. Like from, 107 million. Okay, yeah. From just dancing. Yeah, I'm going to show you one of her videos right now. Pretty much. Just because you're going to red rant about it. Okay. <laughs> and is she a, like a really amazing... I'm assuming she's like well, J-Lo of dancing? No. She, J-Lo's probably better than her. She just has like 15 second there dance moves. That, oh, I could do that. Exactly. You're going to wear a half sports bra and kind of do that? I think I would have 200 million followers <laughs> if I wore a half Anyone sports could do it. bra. Anyone could do it. that. Right now, she's getting kind of canceled. Why? Why? Because she went to the beach during the pandemic. And, um, yeah, she went to the beach with millions of friends, and she doesn't social distance at all. What does canceled mean? Um, like, people hate on you. People hate yeah. on you. I, I have already canceled her. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the, the next- <laughs> she seems okay. I don't know. She just seems like kind of like a, what? Well, Here's I- a dance. 
Uh, you know what? <laughs> Forget the podcast. Forget this whole Mystical Michaela thing. Yeah. I am just going to be a dancer okay. with a half shirt. Well, you said one of your visions on your vision board was to be a TikTok influencer. Yeah. yeah. I'm just going to – I'm going to grow like this massive beer gut mm. and do half shirts mm. and see what I get. Come on. Okay. With. All right. All right. All right. So the other we day, I was, you know, I was, out, <laughs> I was out there with Abby and I was sitting on a bench, you know, and I was kind of like thinking maybe I had like kind of a sullen look on my face. I don't know. And this kid comes up to me and he says, Papa Chalky Milk. <laughs> and I was like, what? And he said, Papa Chalky Milk. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Papa Chalky Milk? Papa Chalky Milk. <laughs> what, is, what the heck is that? So Papa Chalky Milk is like when someone's sad, like something bad happened to them. And then they're like, to make them feel better, they will have some chocolate milk. But the term is called Papa Chalky Milk. A chalky? <laughs> Like, I think it's from the, like, the, what is it, the granulated chocolate? Yeah, the, like, Nesquik brand. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> and you pop, you pop, you pop yeah. the chalky milk. Okay. And it's milk, milk, but it's chalky. Right. And it's supposed to make you feel better? It makes all your troubles so. go away. Yeah. Always all your troubles go away. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, so if something really bad happens to you, like, you get canceled. Okay. You know, like, when Charlie D'Amelio gets canceled by you, Scott, she's going to have to pop a chalky milk. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I actually did pop a chalky milk, and then I spent the rest of the time... In our bathroom. Okay. Ew. So, <laughs> too much info. Really? Too much info. Too much info. All right. Um, okay. So again, I was out there with Abby and her friends. Yeah. And I decided, hey, you know, I'm going to order some pizzas. <laughs> and, you know, I, I called up Papa John's and they delivered five pizzas. And, you know, I was talking to the delivery guy and I, and I said, you know what? I'm going to give this guy a dollar tip. Ooh, you know, I, gave wow. him a, I gave him a dollar. I thought, Fancy. you know, I'm going to be generous today. I gave him a, I gave him a tip. Cheap, and, <laughs> and the kids, the, all the kids started screaming at me, Mr. Beast, you're Mr. Beast. And I'm like, what the What's heck? What's Mr. Beast? What is that? Mr. Beast is a really popular YouTuber, which, and his channel is kind of based off giving like uh, money to those in need or like t- he wants tip to delivery guy a house. Oh. And wow. he has his own food brand. And he buys out stores, like he once bought out this um, a sports store, I believe, and he once adopted all the dogs in a dog shelter. Oh. So he's like generous, but he also does crazy challenges. Okay, like, and he's rich. Um, he once walked a marathon in these like huge shoes. Oh my god! <laughs> or he like puts his friends in slime for twenty four hours. Well, not twenty four hours, just like who could last the longest, okay. and they get like a lot of money. Oh wow! Where does he get all his money from? He probably steals that. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not too sure. Well, I mean, that would make sense that people would call me Mr. Beast. Yeah. You know. I think they're being um, condescending. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Based right. off of what we just heard about Mr. Beast being generous. Yeah, right. Maybe next time I'll give, him, I'll give the guy $2. Okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. All right. The next, the next, you know, I was out there with Abby. And I'm out there a lot. Yeah. yeah. A lot of stuff happened though. Yeah, a lot of stuff. A lot of Gen and, Z stuff. And, you know, I was having a great day. My vibe was high, not like that chalky milk day. <laughs> and the kids started coming up to me and they're like, hey, hey, man, you're really cool. You're amazing. You're the best. You know, how, how'd you get this way? And then after they said all these things, they just started screaming, cap, cap, <laughs> cap. And I was like, like oh, this- wow. Like, What's going on here? Okay. What does that mean, Brie? <laughs> so cat means like um, someone's lying or you're lying. So for example, you could be like, oh, you're really sweet. I really like that hoodie. Cap. So it means they're like lying that they like the, your hoodie. Oh. So, it's, like, it's like our version of not. Remember when we were yeah, young? Not, it was like not. 
So basically what you're telling me is that great day I had when they were all giving me these compliments. They were lying. They were lying. Does cap mean like because you can hide your face with a cap? No, I don't know how it originated. And and then what's the like not lying thing? No cap. Oh, like, (laughs) hey, you're really sweet. I really like you. No No cap. cap. Yeah. Whoa. Does that like steal your heart if a guy says that? Like, no cap. You're like, oh my God. Whoa. (laughs) Whoa, my gosh. He said no cap, you girls. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. All right. Well, once again, I was out there with Abby and her friends watching them. And, you know, this day, you know, I was was kind of more in a feisty mood. I wanted to play like a prank, Mm -hmm. whatever. And I got the the hose, you know, got it, the hose. And I started spraying them all as they were (laughs) driving by with their bikes. And they started screaming at me, hey, you're no Brent Riviera. And I was like... Okay. Like, who the heck is Brett Riviera? Okay, who's that person? Yeah, pretty. That was I think pretty laughing. So, Brett Riviera is um, this guy, but he, he like, does these, like, pranks on his friends, and, like, they're totally staged. But um, he's kind of stuck in 2015. Like, he, his hair is, it's like, such a long time in ago. a 2015 yeah. style. And What's a 2015 style? Like, just, you know what I mean. Hey, better okay. than me. I'm stuck in 1998. <laughs> and um, he wears, like, weird types of clothes. And he does these weird pranks. Like, you, it's totally staged. And he's really famous, though. He's, like, 20 fo- million followers or something. All right. But, so he just does stupid pranks? Yeah, exactly. Like, like what? Like, what's a prank that he's done? Um, pranking my sister with Ariana Grande. And then he'll put in the title, Totally Real, She Cried. Like, kind of like that. Is it clickbaity? No, he's not clickbaity, but it's just... Got it. 2015. 2015. He's just stuck in 2015. With these weird pranks. Oh, my God. Am I stuck in 2015? No, you're stuck in, like, 2007. Oh, no. So you're 2007. I'm 1988. That was two years before I got pregnant with you. I think I was current until then. Yeah, you're you're much more current than I am. I might be 2009. I don't know what 2007 was. She said something. She just had to say something old. Yeah. Well, we're <laughs> the oldest number she could think of. I mean, I, def- <laughs> I definitely feel I'm getting more current today, though. Yes. Um, all right. Just a couple more times I was out there. Okay. Oh my god. All right. So again, I was sitting on that same bench. Bench. <laughs> you, you get it now. The bench. And I was eating my turkey sandwich, my turkey club, and this uh-huh. kid comes up and he said, "Hey, let's get his bread." And I was like, "There's no way you're going to eat this sandwich. I'm not giving you any." You know, you're not a pigeon. And then he's, they, these kids, like, they started, like, trying to get my wallet. What is that? So what does that mean? get like, his bread? Yeah. So bread can be, like, bread, like, the food, but it can also be money. Oh, okay. So I was getting mugged? Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> or it could also be called dough. Oh, yeah. I've, I've heard that one. My dough, okay. yeah. The, mostly bread. So let's yeah. get let's get his bread. Yeah. In, in my day, they used to say a bushel of Jacksons. Uh, <laughs> they but, could be uh, a bushel of Tubman's soon. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> there you go. Good. You'll right. have to change that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, one kid did get off with a with a twenty. But all right. The last the last time this is the last time I was out there because you know I'm getting sick of these kids just like mocking me all day. Uh, I was out there on the same bench and I was just singing about my driver's license oh, no. and this girl <laughs> comes screaming by. She says, you took my man, you took my man. Her name was Sabrina. She had a tool belt on. What? I had no idea what she had a tool belt on. You know, with a hammer, screwdriver, nails, all of the nine yards. I thought she was Amish, but she wasn't. What is going on here? First of all, I can't believe you met a celebrity. Yes. <laughs> 
she was wearing a tool belt. Tool belt, yeah. <laughs> but there's like this scandal going on. Okay. I don't know the full details, but I think there's this girl named Olivia Rodrigo. Okay. And she made this song called Driver's License oh, okay. about her guy named Joshua Barrett Bassett. I'm not sure. And um, Sabrina Carpenter stealing him away. There we go. There's her. a tool belt. <laughs> What? Carpenter. Carpenter. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Wow. Dad joke alert. Anyway, and so she made a song about that. And then Sabrina Carpenter made another song in response to that called Under My Skin. And there's like this whole thing going with them. Did Not- she do another song? No, I don't think like, so. You're Under My Skin too. Extra. <laughs> so basically what you're so. telling me. Is Sabrina Carpenter with a hammer and nail thought I was Olivia Rodrigo because I was singing that driver license song? Mm-hmm. Do I look like Olivia Rodrigo? Uh, a little bit. Okay. The face. <laughs> the just face. the face. Yeah. Not the body, just the face. Yeah, just the face. Okay. Maybe it's a hat. Does she wear a hat like I do? No. No. Okay. It's just the face. All right. No cap. Well, no I cap. think. <laughs> no cap. <laughs> they beat me to the joke. Um, all right. Well, I, I think you've definitely caught me up. Wow, thank we you. We appreciate you coming on. And, Anytime. Um, <laughs> if Gen Z were an aura color, what aura color would, would that be? Purple. Yeah, I agree. If my <laughs> generation, which I don't know what it is, <laughs> was an aura color, what would it be? Like under a rock. <laughs> under a rock <laughs> like color. Gray. Like kind of gray. <laughs> like a gray color. <laughs> All right, so we have a, we have a few more ads, and then you are going to be talking about friend breakups. Okay. So right now, Brianna just totally stole my phone, and yep. she's playing Best Fiends. <laughs> like this is literally no actually no cap. <laughs> this is happening. This is what she does, and I do all the time. Like she likes to take my phone, and she helps improve my score. Yeah, because she is totally bad at it. Whatever. I'm really good at it. Uh uh-uh, uh I'm better. Bree's good. So Bree and I have a friendly little competition going, even though she still helps me. With my own score, mm-hmm. which makes no sense, but it's sweet of you. You're um, welcome. Yeah, like we, we just have a good time playing it. It's just like a fun, like lighthearted thing. We can go in our home and our free time. You know, with Best Fiends, there's something new today and tomorrow and every day after that. There's literally thousands of levels to play and counting, plus tons of cute characters to collect. Yep. So if you never get tired of solving puzzles, good news, with Best Fiends, the fun never ends. Just don't blame me if you become slightly obsessed. I am obsessed. <laughs> Your kids steals your phone and you have little fun competitions with them so you can download best fiends free today on the apple app store or google play that's friends without the r best fiends um yeah when i need to unwind i play best fiends when i just want to hang out with Bree, sometimes we just play best fiends it's a lot of fun and like i said it's free to download why not Stitch Fix is my favorite. <laughs> I love Stitch Fix. I don't like, you know, I get really overwhelmed, you know. I don't know. I'm an empath. Ugh, I don't like going shopping. I never know, like, what to get, you know. Like, I get, there's all these new styles. I want to stay on trend, but I don't want to um, go out there and look for things because I'm lazy that way. Well, Stitch Fix is amazing. You know, online shop, shopping can be very daunting. You never know, the, know if anything will fit, by the way. Returns are difficult, and I just don't do them. And if you don't even know what store to start with, let Stitch Fix do all the hard work for you. As the days get longer and the weather gets colder, it might be time to take a look at your winter wardrobe. And if you want to make a change this season, Stitch Fix can help you choose new pieces you'll love. Okay, so if you're going 
go-to outfit in 2020 like mine has become sweatshirts and yoga pants. You might be feeling you're in a style rut and Stitch Fix helps you that in like one delivery, you're ready to go. Stitch Fix offers clothing hand-selected by expert stylists for your unique size, style, and budget. It's a completely different and fun way to find clothes that you will love to wear. Every piece is chosen for your fit and your life and it's the easy solution to finding what makes you look and feel your best. You can try on pieces at home before you buy, keep what you love, and return what you don't. Stitch Fix has free shipping, easy returns and exchanges, and a prepaid return envelope is included. Anything you don't like, you just shove it back in the envelope, seal it up. That is it. You just drop it in the mailbox and you are done. There is no worry, no hassle, no nothing, no extra fee, nothing like that. There's no subscription required. Try Stitch Fix once or set up automatic deliveries. You'll pay just a $20 styling fee for each box, which gets credited towards pieces you keep. And there are no hidden fees ever. Stitch Fix has styles and clothing to fit any occasion for women, men, and kids. They ship all over the U.S. are available in the U.K. as well. For Scott, he gets it too. When we said, oh, he wants sandals, they sent sandals. We want, you know, he likes hoodies, they sent hoodies. You just talk to them and they like listen to everything that you say and then they kind of create a custom um, fix just for you. If you have to go on an interview or you're going somewhere, I have a wedding or I have a weekend with the girls, they'll send you stuff that's cute just for those purposes. So get started today at stitchfix.com slash KYA and you'll get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix at stitchfix.com slash KYA for 25% off when you keep everything in your fix, stitchfix.com slash KYA. I'm always telling people, you know, we got to we got to keep life fresh. You got to try new things. You got to do new things and whatnot. And Skillshare is such a great way to do that. I love to throw myself into new interests. I feel like it expands my mind. It makes me think of different perspectives, even things that I'm not naturally inclined to. I like to learn about them because I feel like it's good for my growth in all sorts of ways. It's funny how you can learn something you feel like is totally unrelated to anything else and then it just gives you such a wider and broader perspective. I'm really into photography. Am I a photographer? No. Am I a photographer for myself? Yeah, I like to take pictures. And so I always, like on Skillshare, they have so many, I mean, they have classes about everything, but I took one by Andre LaRoe, Powerful Portrait Photography, Capturing Your Subject in Their Environment. It's about like taking a picture of your subject with the context, the environment around them that adds information to who they are. I mean, it's so interesting to take it at that or metaphorically apply it to all sorts of different places. I really loved the class. It really opened me up, really opened up a lot of um, thoughts and different perspectives for me and whatnot. But man, they have so many classes. Skillshare is an online learning opportunity that offers membership with meaning, with so much to explore, real projects to create, and the support of fellow creative. Skillshare empowers you to accomplish real growth. And you guys, an annual subscription is less than $10 a month. It's incredibly affordable, okay? Especially when compared to pricey in-person classes and workshops, a way to expand your mind without breaking the bank. So here's the deal. Explore your creativity at Skillshare.com slash KYA and get a free trial, a free trial of premium membership. That's Skillshare.com slash KYA to get a free trial of premium membership. It's free. What is there to lose? You've probably heard the saying, people come into your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. And when you know what it is, then you'll know what to do. 
I wanted to talk about friendship breakups today, why you would break up with a friend and how you could do that because I don't know if I've mentioned this before. I'll do readings and then for whatever reason, sometimes in a certain week, it's a theme. And this week, it was friend breakups. Every reading I had, there was something to do with what's going on with my friend or why aren't we uh, jiving or what's happening between the two of us? Like, why aren't we meshing anymore? And um, yeah, this was like friend breakup week. And I thought, what an interesting topic because when you when when you kind of break up with a friend, it can be just as bad as when you break up with a romantic partner. And I've noticed in readings, a lot of this has to do with growing apart due to spiritual growth, self-connection, and you not being the person they started being friends with. I talk a lot about soulmates here, soulmates and kindred spirits. Soulmates, you can have more than one in a lifetime. It's a past life connection. You immediately feel at home with them. And it, they can be more lifetime relationships. Not that you, uh, you know, will never say goodbye to a soulmate in your lifetime, but it's more of a longer connection with a soulmate friend. But then there's kindred spirits. And kindred spirits usually come in for a season. They're the ones that teach you something. They're, they're fast and furious and exciting, and you learn a lot with them, um, but they don't always end great. Sometimes they end just kind of like, okay, like this was my friend and we did all these wild things together and we lost touch. And sometimes they end more, wow, that was a wild ride and that ended really bad. Uh, that's more of like the kindred, kindred spirit connection. Um, it's true in all relationships, there's give and take. There's the version of yourself which attracts almost like a puzzle the accompaniments to you. You're the giver, they're the taker, or you're the one with all the problems and then they get to save you. Or you're the drama queen and they're your mom. Or they're the drunk best friend who makes bad choices when she gets out of hand, but you're the one who takes away her keys and puts her to bed. They're the one who never feels good about themselves and you're the one that gives the pep talks. You know, it's one or the other, vice versa throughout your life. It might've been lots of different give take scenarios. And what happens inevitably is we grow, we shift and we change. And the relationships with la which last are the ones which leave room for this. Leave room for this. But I see all the time if one party, if one person is self-identified with being whatever role they were for the friend and then the friend no longer needs that specific role or requires it, the friendship crumbles. The person who is self-identified as whatever, the partier or the mom or the pep talker or the pep talkie, they can turn on you because they had self-identified with their role as their actual identity. So when you don't need that supporting role anymore, maybe you just need a different role or like whatever, they personally can get very defensive and they can feel that your growth is their own personal rejection. And that's when a friend breakup happens. So it's when somebody who self-identified with whatever role they were in the friendship and they think that that's who they are. Like, I am the mom, or I am the drama queen, or I am this, or I am that. And then all of a sudden, like, the other person doesn't kind of need or want or, you, you know, you make use of that anymore. Oh, my gosh, you've rejected me. Instead of taking that as a cue to grow yourself, to grow yourself and be like, hey, I'm more than just being the pep talker. Maybe I'll be something else, and let's see if the friendship can last when I grow too. That's when the friend breakup happens, when somebody self-identifies with that and then it just crumbles when the other person has no use for it anymore. 
And I feel like we've all, like we've all been on both ends of this. If we're being honest, I think if we look through relationships, honestly, you can see where you felt sad that a friend started not needing you the way that they used to. And, you know, especially as empaths, which many of us listening are, we can take others' growth as rejection when we are unaware of our own empath gifts. Unaware empaths are oftentimes raised and programmed to feel only worthy of their gift of selflessness to others. So when someone doesn't need the over-nurturing that we're so good at, we can feel all of a sudden basically worthless. Like this is my worth and you don't need it anymore. Oh my God, I'm worthless then. So when the perpetually single friend finds a boyfriend and they like run off together in the sunset, instead of being happy for them, you can feel like totally abandoned because you were the one constantly holding her hand, always being her bestie, ready to go out and think about it. Maybe you even made sure that you stayed single too so that she didn't feel abandoned. Maybe your priority was her need to feel okay over your own progression of self or your own relationships or your own love so that when she decided to move on and get a boyfriend, you felt angry, upset. She's in a relationship and I'm not. I made sure I wasn't in a relationship so that we could be single together. Like what's going on here? Feeling that, honestly, really going through the old stuff and be like, ooh, what was my role in that? Like, what did that serve for me is important. It's important so we don't do it again. Seeing where we sacrificed ourselves to to stay in the identity of supporting role or self-identified as like whatever, the pleaser, the party, or the person who made the other person feel accompanied and important. That's where we have to visit. We have to visit there. So that's just a little reflection moment. Because I always like to go to those places where it's a little vulnerable, it's a little touchy, it's a little like, ooh, I don't like that. Well, that's where growth happens. Because your ego is the part of you that's like, ooh, I don't like that. I don't like, let's not talk about that. I'm like, mm-hmm. nope, that, that's a great indicator. Oh, I got to dive into that today and see like where in some relationships I did do that. Because that's where your growth can happen. And that's where good things happen when you kind of go there. But today, I wanted to talk about like when to get out of a friendship and why you should get out of a friendship and how to do it. Because you can see where you got into it, and that's what that was, you know, the reflection. And sometimes that thinking can keep you stuck out of feeling like of obligation or feeling that you're the bad guy for ending it. I feel like empaths in the society are the only ones who stay in something just so they don't own the feeling of being the bad guy, the bad person. And it's okay. It's okay to be the bad guy sometimes. It's okay to self-advocate for your own energy and time. But a lot of empaths won't do it because you you have to feel the other pe- person's reaction. It doesn't feel good to tell someone off when you're an empath. And and by the way, that's a huge distinction between empaths and empathic people. Empaths aren't into telling someone off. And I'm not saying that you've never like blown your top and totally gone gone off on someone, but it's more that it didn't help you and it didn't make you feel good. So that's an important distinction. I think like we see these people who are like, I'm an empath and I'm going to like yell at you and tell you all these things about you and you and you. you." It's like, no, empaths don't do that. Uh, Like empaths keep it in. They zip that up and they go hide. Now, that's perpetually. Like that's what they do. Like I'm not saying every once in a while you haven't lost it on somebody because that's just humans but you felt awful after. But people who say they're empaths and they continuously tell people off, they're not empaths. They're just not. They're not empaths in the way we talk about feeling other people's feelings as your own because you can't, you couldn't live like that if you were always telling people off all the time. You couldn't do it. Um, 
So just just in a distinction I wanted to make. Yeah, because empaths aren't into telling someone off. Okay. So like I have a yellow aura. She's yellow and purple. Um, I have a yellow aura best friend. And by the way, you can be empath. I did a whole episode on this. Empathic versus empaths. All of us have empathic qualities. Like the world wouldn't work if we didn't have that. Like, you know, when you see something, you feel bad. Empaths just change their behavior because of what they pick up on other people. Whereas empathic people don't. That's the difference. Um, but yeah, I have this yellow aura. She's yellow purple, best friend since high school. And she never understands this about me. And um, this is why I'm always friends with yellow people because they like, I don't know, they're just, it's, in, it's different, you know? So she tells me how it honestly makes her feel better to tell someone off, like to tell someone exactly how she feels. And she says it makes them aware. And then that makes her feel good. Like they know now <laughs> that she got out the information. Well, you know, that doesn't work for me. I don't like to make anyone, even a mean person, feel bad. And it's more that, and this is what I realized with my own recovering empath journey, that it's the feelings I pick up from them that I absorb that I don't like, okay? Their own inability to handle things within, no matter how big their bark or their bite, you know, I can feel that they can't handle the stuff that I would have to say. So I don't say it. I don't want them to feel terrible because I know that they truly don't have the tools to handle it. They don't. And my question to you is, this is my question to you. How many relationships have you stayed put in just because you were still protecting the person you wanted to save from themselves? How many relationships have you stayed put and you kept your mouth shut because you knew they couldn't handle you knew they couldn't handle what would happen if you left or if you said what you had to say or if you told them what you've observed, what you've observed with them. How many relationships have you stayed in? Sacrificing yourself, putting yourself on the fire every day just because they couldn't handle their own judge, jury, and conscience. Just something to think about. But with self-growth comes a reflection in your social circle, you know, as you grow, you lose friends and, and you gain new friends, new friends who are very different from your old friends. So it can feel very odd. And one reason you may need to get out of a friendship. Now I want to talk about reasons to get out of friendship. So one reason you may want to get out of a friendship would be that just generally you're giving more than you're getting. Now this sounds pretty obvious, but this is probably the biggest thing. I had a reading with a woman in this week and she showed me a picture of her best friend And they had a very toxic relationship, but you know, they've been best friends forever and she just didn't know what to do. And I looked at this woman, the picture of this woman's friend, and I just got the message, you know, she hasn't changed a bit, but you've changed. And the thing is when, when her friend that, you know, that she was saying is toxic to her had been telling my client, Hey, you're different. You've changed. Like, you know what? Yeah, she's right. You have, you're the one that changed. The woman that I was reading was almost ashamed of herself that she had grown and changed. And the person she was friends with, you know, was always this way. All the things she was just noticing about her, that woman had always been like that. And my client had just realized that she can't deal with it anymore, that this friendship isn't for her. But, you know, for her friend, what's going on here? Like, you're, you're totally different. And it's true. It's not really on the other person sometimes. Like, you picked them because for whatever reason, you needed somebody to be that way so that you could be the way that you were comfortable being. But as you grow, that changes. The more you dive into your spiritual awakening, the more you will not put up with toxic behavior or just certain relationships. It's just not for you. You have a better understanding of who you are and what you want in a friendship, and the ones that you currently have don't reflect that. 
So they have to shift or change. But it can be super uncomfortable to realize that you were putting up with all sorts of stuff for years that you don't like. It's it's kind of like you were a coma, in a coma, going through life, like this emotional coma, just putting up with constant behaviors and toxicity and things you don't like from others. And then one day it's like, bam, you wake up and you're like, whoa, what's wrong with all my friends? When in actuality, it's like you're the one that just saw it now. So be prepared to hear you've changed and be prepared to be like, you know what? You're right. I'll own that. I'll own that. So that's, you know, that's a big deal to notice that, like that you're giving, 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 and they've been taking, 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 taking. And just now you realize that you start getting angry with them. And it's like, but wait, I'm the one that's just noticing it now. So when they have an issue with me, they're validated in that. Because honestly, that's true. <laughs> I have changed. Um, little things, by the way, that are not phases, but red flags here. Like, so this is something that I think like when we're friends with somebody, like they go through something, like they go, they're going through a divorce or they're going through just a job loss situation or they're going through somebody died in their life or they're going, you know, you know, I think when you're friends with somebody, you have to sometimes hold space for them when they're going through something and, and you are the listener, for several months instead of the talker. And that's okay. That's what being a friend is. That's what love is. But if it's something that's not because of something or it's always a perpetual something, meaning it's not just a phase in their life, this is like constant behavior, that's a red flag. Like the friend who always just talks about herself and you're just basically a sounding board for her issues. And you probably have always let it her let her like do this, no problem. But the more you grow, the more you try to add something today about your life. Like, hmm, okay, she's always talking about herself today. I'm going to talk about me for a second. I'm just going to try this. And all of a sudden, oh, I got to go. I can't be here. I got to go. I got to run. Or she'll be like, hmm, and then takes the convo back to herself. Mm, well, like I was saying, da-da-da-da-da. Or... She listens to you and then totally shames you the way you've never shamed her. Or she gives advice which is like harsh and judgmental instead of loving and empathic the way that you give it. Ooh, ouch. Notice this and notice it over time. Like I said, people going through things, that's different. This is consistent behavior. Regardless of the reason, it would be consistent behavior. Side note, I noticed that in life, and I think this is a human thing, And this is why when I do readings, I say this is spirit talking, not me, because I'm human too, is when you ask somebody for advice, you're giving it, you're getting it from them, meaning they're going to give you advice the way they talk to themselves. So you could ask like 10 different people for advice. You're going to get how they would talk to themselves about it, not directly to you. People give you advice based on themselves. So you have to be careful. So when you walk around and you're like, what should I do? What should I do? What should I do? Note it, just take it with a grain of salt. This is how this person talks to themselves. So it's kind of like if you like how they live their life and you're like, okay, I like her relationship with her husband. So I'm going to get, you know, relationship advice from her because I like, you know, let's see how she does things. Just know that the way that you get it is how she gives it to her. It's not unique to you. That's just humans. We we talk to each other the way we talk to ourselves. And like I said, that's why when I do this podcast, um, I do my very best to channel from the higher source. And when I do readings, same thing, because I'm not saying I'm immune to it either. Okay. I'm just saying it's something to keep in mind. So you ask advice from the right people. That's just a little side note. And I could do a whole podcast about that too, because that is something that I noticed and it's helped me a lot. Uh, I don't know, filter through people's advice for things. 
Another red flag. You find yourself not trusting your friend. Oof. You should be comfortable telling your best friend anything, like anything at all. But have you ever gotten that little like nudge that they're going to tell someone else your secrets or that they're going to gossip about you, that other people will now know uh, what you've said to her, what you've entrusted to your friend? That's a huge huge issue. Even if you feel that way and you're not sure if it's true or not, that feeling. So many times in so many relationships, we negate our actual feelings. If you feel distrust, even if you don't have proof, that's right there is a problem and you need to pay attention to that. Sometimes people, I notice, will take information like they're treasure hunters. They're greedy with it. They hoard your secrets. They collect your secrets for all sorts of power purposes. Maybe it makes them feel better about themselves. Or maybe they like to feel like, ooh, I have control over her now because she showed me her underbelly and her vulnerability. And now they know they can even socially blackmail you. Maybe they've been hurt so much, they need to get your secrets so that if they ever feel hurt, they could like use them against you. You know, so like now you, you, and you can feel that from them. Oh my God, if I don't invite her or if I don't, if I don't text him back on time or if I don't do this or I don't do that, you ask yourself, oh my God, will they tell, will they tell that thing I said? Oh my God. Right there. Consider that it's super toxic. Also be careful when friends try to goad you for information about other friends. Oh, that's bad. What do you think of someone? What do you think of our mutual friend so-and-so and what she said about this? What do you think? What do you think is going on with her? What do you think? What do you think? And then... They take what you say and then they're like, oh my God, so-and-so, it's like mean girls, you know? It's like, oh my God, did you hear she just said that about you? Like what? Like, so be careful with that too because they're using it like a chess game. So if you're feeling that kind of chess game vibe from a friend, yeah, red flag, red flag. Breaking promises, breaking promises, another reason to let someone go. You know, and, and just side note before I go into this, just occurred to me, a lot of us were raised, especially if you had like a narcissistic Um, parent situation. You don't know what trust is and you don't know what, I don't know. Yeah. Like I think, yeah, trust is a good word. You don't know what trust is and you've never had a relationship with somebody that was trustworthy. It's always been muddled with their own agenda or power play stuff or blackmail or like whatever. So keep that in mind that as you have spiritual growth, you might have a lot of friends that reflect um, narcissism, narcissistic tendencies and stuff like that. Not saying they're all narcissists, your friends. It's just, they might be kind of have narcissistic tendencies for whatever reason. And, um, you might not know what trust is and you might feel like distrusting somebody in that little feeling in your gut where you're like, I don't trust them, but I feel like I have to tell them everything. Ooh, right there. What is that? That's not normal. Okay. You were just programmed to think that is. So you might find people who you're constantly playing that chess game with because that's, that's how you interpret love and relationships. So it's, it's just something to note. But yeah, back to breaking promises, another reason to let someone go. Like, so these are the people who constantly give excuses last minute not to do something constantly, not just a few times. Here's the deal. A lot of us, because I'm speaking to a lot of empaths right now, need to be alone for long periods of time, okay, especially blues and indigo. So if you have a good friend and you feel like you can say like, hey, I can't hang out today because I have to nap, and they're like, cool, okay, that's a good friend, you know, like they get you. But if you have to lie to them because you know they won't handle it well, like that's an issue. Okay, just random. But on the flip end of this, if they cancel with you all the time and it's last minute, that's not nice. Like they say, you'll they'll pick you up or they'll be there for you at an event. Not good. I had a friend and um, 
she she and I were supposed to go to this like baby shower for a mutual acquaintance. And I only said I would go because she said she would go too. And this wasn't really like a close friend. It was like a friend of a friend, like mutual acquaintance. And neither of us would know anyone there. And and it was fine. Like I could have said no on the RSVP and it would have been acceptable. It was like that type of invitation. But she was like, oh my God, we'll go together. And I was like, all right, only if you go, I'll go. All right, fine, whatever. Not a big deal. But um, the day of you know, she bails. And by the way, like it was, yes, oh, we're going the day, you know, the day before. Yep. I'll be there. You know, this is what we're wearing. This is what we're buying, like all this stuff. And, and she bails like two hours before, by the way. And this was not the first time she did something like this. It was just kind of like my last straw time. So I was like ready for it, but I was still in shock because she did tell me, yes, I'm going many times. And, and, and then she said, you know, because I was kind of pushing at it, like, really? Like, can't you just come? I'll come get you this and that. She's like, oh no, I have to go to the ER. I hurt my arm. That's why I can't go. And I was like, what? It was just so, it was such a lie. Like, you know, when somebody lies to you, you're like, you're lying. And it's such like an over the top lie, like the ER really, you know? And anyway, so I go to the shower by myself and then, of course, I get a ton of <laughs> nasty looks because I'm the friend of the person that, you know, totally bailed. Um, oh, also, she did not call to, to say she wasn't coming. So I was the one that's like, yeah, she can't come. She's in the ER with her arm. <laughs> like, so I had to, like, perpetuate the lie that she gave me, which I didn't know was a lie. But, you know, you know it's a lie. And, you know, they still had to pay for her seat. So everybody hated her. And, and you know, she wasn't there. So they all hated me. So that was stressful and super uncomfortable and not a lot of fun. And then come to find out, because I am not a yellow aura, and yellow aura people could probably figure this out in two seconds. And with, like, three questions. They'd be like, what hospital are you at? Who's your attending physician? Like, they would, they're faster than me. But I got yellow that day. And I figured it was, I figured it was a lie. And I even said, you know, hey, I did, 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 And she just brushed it off. And that was it for us. I'm like, okay, whatever. That's my final straw. That wasn't like a bad breakup though. Cause I feel like maybe she was done with me too. Cause I asked her too many questions and she had to like expose herself as a liar. So I feel like she didn't want to be around me either because she knew I knew that she lied anyways. But yeah, that's not cool. That's my own story. Um, and that's not even a bad one. Like that, that's like, I think we've all had friendships where they're really bad. That's just my, my little, my little lying story. Um, Okay, another reason you should probably end a friendship, you don't like checking your phone. It stresses you out. Like you look at your phone and you don't want to like take it off the sleep mode because you're afraid there'll be a text from them there <laughs> or like eight and then like missed calls and it's like anxiety or like you have plans and then they get canceled and you're happy or you overall just feel better when you're not with them versus when you are. Like you just sit there and you're on your couch and you're like, I'm so glad this person's not with me right now. <laughs> you know, listen to your body. You know, as empaths, we can be like, I'm so mean for having these feelings. No, you're not. It's your body with this anxiety or the headaches or the stress or the relief. Your body's trying to tell you something. Some people don't mean to be toxic or draining, okay? But they are. So you can feel mean because they don't mean to be that way. They're just needy or whatever, perpetually needy. I'm not saying going through something because that's different. I'm saying like this is a perpetual habit for them. And, you know, energy vampires is what they are. And energy vampires drain your energy. They just suck it out of you. And sometimes just their presence can make you feel so just over it. And it sometimes happens when you're going through a spiritual awakening because the more open you are with yourself and spirit, you're more raw. You're more sensitive 
to the people who have a lower vibrational pull and you just can't deal with it anymore. And you will feel so bad about yourself and I get it, but it's protecting your health both spiritually and physically because overdoing it with energy vampires long-term can actually lead to major spiritual crises and physical symptoms. Another red flag, when you don't like yourself when you're with someone, just don't be with them. I think we've all had that friend at some point who is a horrible gossip and then you get pulled into doing it too. Or the person who drinks too much and then you're drinking too much or you know, you're on the defense all the time because they're always teasing or they're shaming you or they're telling you you look silly or you say something dumb or whatever. And if you start not liking yourself, stay away from that person. You're absorbing their tendencies and it's just not good for you. Um, And again, if you were raised a certain way, this might be normal to you. So it might be weird to avoid situations where you don't feel crappy about yourself. Like I say, we do what is normal for us, not what is good for us. But you can change that by just kind of looking at your friendships and being like, hmm, where don't I feel good about myself when I spend time with them? So now the hard part, how do you break up with somebody? (sighs) This is hard. Now, little note, if you're an indigo... (laughs) You've done the indigoist, which is basically when you totally, completely, perhaps literally disappear from the planet as far as the person you're avoiding is concerned. And they're always like super confused about it too. Like they don't know, they they don't see it coming and they truly, it's like, are they okay? Like what happened to them? Like it's an art and indigos have mastered the indigoist. But if you aren't that way, there are other ways to do this. And honestly, indigos... We have to learn this too. Even though I know a few of you right now have changed your numbers and you're still hiding from that friend from school or like, or your coworker from like five years ago and you're getting like anxiety thinking about them right now, like <laughs> because you've indigosted so successfully this long. Um, but anyways, so here's ways to break up with people. And, and yes, this is awkward. Okay. This is awkward. None of us want to do this because again, as you know, especially if you're an empath, you hate confrontation. If you're somebody who's like more, you lead with your yellow or more with your red or more, even with your purple sometimes, um, uh, you can kind of be more honest about this or green, you know, especially you can be more honest about this. You can make this more of a conversation and, um, and you can kind of make it more of like a, I don't know how they do it, especially green women. It's like, here, let's, we're going to have a conversation about this. We're going to make this what it is. They could probably even fix it. You know, we're going to, no, I'm going to call you out on your behavior. If you're yellow, it might be a little easier for you too. You're just going to call them out. And, you know, if they have an issue with you, that's on them. At least you said your piece. Um, So some people, this might not be as hard for you. And that's great. Teach the rest of us, please. Okay. So one, set limits. I highly recommend, especially when you feel one of these red flags from a friend, um, but you don't want to like just have a breakup chat with them. You set limits. You have a start time and an end time to anything you do with them, be it a phone call or a physical meetup. And like, say it ahead of time. Hey, I can meet you at this time, not a minute before. And there's some sort of non-breakable reason I have to leave at this time, an hour and a half later. (laughs) And I don't condone lying. That's not good. But I do feel like it's essential to make sure you don't betray yourself when you're with them. So you're going to need some sort of seriously like non-negotiable reason why you have to leave. I mean, even if you have to make a non-negotiable, like even if you're making your 
doctor's appointment or just something so you know that you will not betray yourself when you are in the situation with them because i'm telling you indigos blues turquoises and even purples you can do that thing where in this situation you can become it so you'll betray yourself ah yeah forget it i can stay longer so it's important to say it ahead of time what time and why you have to leave so you don't get stuck with them when they start to try to prolong your time with them and in the moment you get weak. Because again, when you absorb them, you may absorb their need for you. So all of a sudden it muddles with your own best interests or you might absorb, you know, if they're kind of like a fun, toxic friend, like, yeah, let's get another drink. Let's shots. Like, let's do this. Nope. I got to go because I have to be here because in the moment you can get weak. So you, so pre-plan that you don't get caught up in that. Um, and, and it's okay. I think we've all, a lot of us have these situations where you're like, why did I do that to my, why did I do that? Because it's okay. You were absorbing them. So you have to just pre-plan it. You got to pre-think. You got to be your best friend before you're in the situation where you know you can start absorbing them and put your own self-interests like way last. So set limits. Um, another thing like stop being available. Maybe they text you all desperate at night. You can, you can wait till morning to reply. You can have like, I don't text this person after 9 p.m. policy in your own mind. You can do that. They text you nonstop and then they call. You can text back, I'm so sorry, I'm busy right now, can't talk, I'll call you later. You know, you have to give them a feeling of waiting before you respond. Like you're not always available 24-7, especially to the more energy vampire ones. And honestly, at some point in some of these relationships, you probably were available 24-7. You probably were often. So putting up that boundary is necessary. Um, another thing is you can do the slow fade, you know, it's kind of like backing out of, out of a room, like with a big smile on your face, like, okay, like really slowly, less and less responses, less and less dates to meet up. Oh, you're super busy or like whatever until eventually you don't really exist in their lives anymore. Like months go by and it's something where they found a new version of you to lean on. Another friend replaced you. Fine. It's not you anymore. And it's sad, but you'll know it's the right thing when you just feel better about yourself overall when they aren't a part of your lives. But listen, that's easy, right? That's easy if all that works because you better prepare for that clap back, for the rebuttal, for the rage, especially if your friend is intuitive and they get what you're doing. Oh, you'll hear about it. You will hear about it. And the point will be to get you to admit it. So they know they're right and they can turn it around and make you feel like the toxic one. So prepare for that conversation. If you have to be direct, if it's going to be the breakup speech that you were trying to avoid and it's awkward as anything, you know, it's going to have to happen. If the relationship is super toxic, the person will then use everything they have against you. So be prepared for all of that, all your things like, oh my God, all the secrets I told them, all the things I said about our mutual friend when I was with them, all the stupid stuff I did. When we were drinking, all this, she's going to tell. She's going to tell everybody. She's, she's going to call my boyfriend. She's going to tell Yeah, she probably will. <laughs> you know, if she's crazy, she will. If she feels rejected, she'll feel correct in doing all those things. But better to be free, honestly, than living in a prison of their acceptance and their constant judgment and their freaking chess game that they're running, their fear-based friendship. You may have to say, you know, I love you. And I will always value what we had, but I just personally need a break from all of this right now. I need a break. This is me. I need this. And it's because honestly, it probably is you because like I said, they're probably the same. They've always been. So all of a sudden you did change on them and you'll feel that you'll feel their inside insecurity, sadness, rejection, pain, all of that. 
And and it's but I'm going to tell you something. It's okay to change. It's okay. And they're not going to see it that way, but it is okay to change. Um but that's why they're going to feel correct and coming after you if they do. You may be even totally gaslighted where they make you feel like, "Hey, you you're the person that you're saying I am." Like flip it around on you. Flip the script. But just hang in there. I promise it'll calm down. Honestly, no reaction is the best one. Just saying, okay, whatever you say, I, I validate that. You're this, you're this, you're this, you're this. Okay. Don't defend yourself. Never defend yourself. That's like the worst. Don't do it. Okay. I hear what you're saying. I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm going to take everything you said. I'm really going to reflect on it right now. Th- those are non-defensive responses. I validate everything you're saying. I totally hear you. Let them have their moment and let it go. Okay. Um, after you have your say and you try to keep it to I statements, stay calm. It's eventually going to fade. I promise because they're going to need somebody else. And yeah, you will be the villain in their lives for a while. But I promise you nine times out of 10, they will circle back around. They'll be back in a few months or years. You'll hear from them. I promise you. And maybe this has already happened where this has happened and then you heard from them and you're like, whoa, okay. (laughs) And then they come back. I love you. I can't believe this happened. Blah, 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 blah. And I don't like to say not to give people second chances. Okay. That will be for you to decide when it happens. Just be aware and, and make sure you don't go back to the old version of yourself that you were when you were with them, which is very hard to do sometimes. Because a lot of times you were the best friend they had. You were the person that put up with the stuff um, with that no one since then really did or really has. And when they need you, you're the only one that comes to mind because you know what? You did love them. And that's why it's hard to break up with a friend. We do love them and we wish for them the best and we wish it didn't have to end, especially with this. A lot of us, we see the inner child of the people who are toxic around us. That's why we stuck around so long because we see the little kids in them that are broken and just need nurturing. It's hard, you know, it's hard, but it has to be done. You have to put yourself first and it's okay to grow. And if they can't grow with you, that's okay. So no matter how toxic it was or how uncomfortable the breakup was, notice how much you learned about yourself and thank them. And you can thank their higher selves. You can go into a meditative state and you can picture their face and you can just be like, I want to thank you. That might be really hard, especially if they were super toxic and nasty, (laughs) but you can say, thank you. Thank you for being a crucial part in my development. Thank you for teaching me this about myself. Thank you for waking me up to seeing things that were honestly a pattern for me that I wouldn't have noticed if you didn't point them out to me with your over-the-top behavior. And I thank you. And really live in that gratitude because now you know things that you didn't know if it weren't for them. Because people do come into your life for reasons and seasons and lifetimes. And if they come in for a reason... That's so important and it helps you level up in your spiritual development, your soul contract. I want to hear about your friend breakups. They can be very painful, very upsetting, and very complicated. All right, so friend breakups, very interesting. Unfortunately for me, you know, it doesn't really apply because I have no friends. Again, I'm like Conan O'Brien. But I figured people that do have friends, let's ask people that do have friends, and we asked the Mystic Michaela spiritual family, uh, what were your friend breakups? And we wanted to hear from them. All right. Yeah. So the first person, and again, I'll use first name and last initial, um, 
for this one. Yeah, right, they, so- people went really... That's why I love our group. Like, people are... Oh, my gosh. Like, the amount of vulnerability. Yeah. And I think it just... When you're like that and everybody else is like, okay, well, here is my vulnerability. And then we all kind of learn and grow without judgment. I just love us. I love, love us. Yeah. And again, we had hundreds and hundreds of entries. We did. So, we, you know, obviously we can't do them all. We wish we could. Yeah. We did go through them all, but... We did. We picked out a few. Yes. All right. So the first one is Megan B. Okay. Uh, she says, yes, but not for the reason you might think. I've had friend breakups with me due to my own behavior that I learned from my narcissistic mother. Yeah. I was completely an unaware empath and spent a lot of my younger years emulating her selfish behavior because I actually thought it was normal. Now that I can see how I hurt those people, I'm spending a lot of time trying to put better vibes into the world and identifying my programming from childhood so I can root out and be my own better person. Wow. I mean, that's like... That's incredible. That's amazing. Like the personal responsibility, the ability, the self-awareness, the ability to get through like just any sort of ego need to stay stuck. That's huge. Like, you know, in the Recovering Empath uh, workshop, actually we had last night, um, a really open and wonderful member shared the same story as Megan, just, you know, she was a flying monkey. And I did an episode on this. I forget what number, but they're called like flying monkeys. It's when you're around a narcissist, a narcissistic personality, what can happen is if you're an unaware, like a programmed empath and you're not aware of your empath abilities, you can totally take on their behavior as a way to get love from them, as a way to prove your worthiness of love from the narcissist who's more than willing to use that so you can do all their dirty deeds and, um, you know, kind of measure your worth by how much you defend them or do for them or, uh, yeah, carry out their nasty little agendas for them, but that she could see that, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to see it, but that she could see it. I think a lot of us have been there too. A lot of us have been there in, in either friendships or family relationships where we were the flying monkeys for um, narcissistic people before we were aware that they were actually manipulating us. So thank you so much. That's yeah. amazing, Megan. And I also want to give a big thank you to uh, Aaron and Jamie. They've been helping me uh, pronunciate my words when I read this. Oh yes, yeah. Our special ed, yeah. Our special education teachers, yeah. um, from a few weeks ago. Yeah. So you might have noticed I've read that one much better than I usually. You really read them. did. They told you to slow down. Yes. And I took their advice. And they give you candy when you do well. All right. <laughs> our next one is Michelle A. Or Michelle Ann. I don't know if that's her. I hope that's not her last name. But I don't think so. Okay. okay. Here we go. Now I'm having problems reading this one. Yeah, you're like. <laughs> It's like dead air. It's well, like, okay. Yeah, because it says I'm high school, you know. Okay, in I, high school. Yeah, she spelled it wrong. So, Well, I know, but you, you know. Yeah, oh, I got to improvise, right? Okay, go ahead. All right, so next time, Aaron and Jamie will show me oh, how to improvise. <laughs> in high school, my best friend, friend and I. At, what? My best friend. See, I jinxed myself now. That's not what you my said. Best, did I say best fiends? You said my best. I said best fiends. I think you said my best friend. Oh, no, that's your, that's that other lady that's your best friend. (laughs) The lactation nurse? Yeah. I love Kristen. Okay. Okay. All right. In (laughs) high school, my best friend at the time, and I went on a week-long trip with her family, and I'm not even sure what happened, but after the trip was, we organically grew apart. Okay. It was weird. It was an unspoken knowing, in quotes, that we are going to go separate ways. We still talk occasionally. But I think after spending nine straight days with her, I realized <laughs> how we were both growing up to be different people. And that was okay. 
with both of us. I still look back on our friendship and smile. Aww. I wish nothing but the best for her. So that that's is, lovely. Is that the case of you just spent too much time with each other? Yeah, you know, I think that's kind of like what I was talking about before. You know, people come into your life for a reason, you know, or a season, or a lifetime. Yeah. Like that quote. And, um, and you know, she was for a season. I think... It's sad and, and kind of like when we look back to our childhood or, or certain friendships from different periods of our life that kind of organically just separated, it's almost like a metaphorical representation of your own growth. And, and you could look back at the time and be like, oh, that's who I was back then and that's not who I am. But to look at it with fondness, um, but it's a little bittersweet. Yeah. That's, 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 that happens. That's I'm, a non-dramatic one, but that's good. Yeah. And I, you know, myself, because I, you know, I always do that. I just spent nine days on a camping trip with our mailman, Cliff, <laughs> and you know you, you knew I went, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and we don't get mail anymore, so. Mm. All right, so our next uh, submission was from Lori B., and this is what she writes. My really good friend slash coworker would joke around inappropriately with my BF, which I never cared about. Her boyfriend, could, right? Yeah, her boyfriend. Okay, her yeah. boyfriend. Yeah, which I never cared about because I knew it was all in good fun. But the minute he did the same to her, also in front of me, no biggie, she freaked out and acted from then on like he was going to take her or something. Anytime we planned anything, it was always, will he be there? I just couldn't continue with that double standard friendship and having her act like she was in danger around him. Then she uses the B word. He's my BF. He doesn't want you. Okay. Yeah, I can see that like... That kind of is like a double standard in a way. Like, you know, like she's the friend. He's joking with her friend's boyfriend, like, you know, probably crossing the line, saying lewd things, like whatever. Ha ha, I'm just joking, right? And then as soon as the boyfriend's probably like, oh, this is how we talk. Okay. And then he's talking back the same way. She's like, oh my God, he's trying to get me. Oh, he's so creepy. Oh, I feel really uncomfortable with him around, you know? And then I can see for the friend being like, oh my gosh, like you started, like this is a setup. Like he's just giving you back what you gave him. Right. But then is that like a, you know, it's hard because I think it's a, it's a bigger societal kind of a thing. It's like a double standard type situation Well, well, in a way. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be honest, you know, back when we were, you know, when I had friends, (laughs) And I had friends. Yeah. Well, you still have friends. I, I just have don't friends. Have, I don't have friends. You have friends. <laughs> yeah. You had my friends. Yeah. Uh, one of your friends used to, you know, do things that was inappropriate oh my God. behavior to me. Yes. Yes. Uh, both, you know, like saying things. Yeah. And also like physical. Yeah. She touched you too. I mean. Yeah. yeah. I mean like. I guess I'm being yeah. on intention. Okay. And I think a lot of us are. It's like if your girlfriend's like joking with your boyfriend and it's just whatever, it's funny and you know it's just silly and it's not a big deal or whatever. But I think in this scenario with this, la- this lady who's telling us a story, like she felt the intention of the friend was off. Okay. But yes, I did have a friend yeah. who would say all sorts of things to you and then would touch you too. But yeah. you knew like and you would say things back to her. Because you guys were on kind of that level, but not as looted. I mean, she no. was like, no. I mean, I would find I would find hands <laughs> in my pocket that weren't yours. Yeah, but I feel like she was just joking. But having, but at the same time, like if one of your friends was doing that to me, I'd be like, oh my, like yeah. you shouldn't. But you would never do that back to her physically. No, no. But you don't know, see the double standard there. Yeah. You know, it's like you should be okay with it because you're a man. Or but you know, well, maybe some men aren't. I well, don't the know. thing is, like, and I guess I mean, like now that I think back on it, like you were all like, let's say, sitting at the bar or whatever, and all of a yeah. sudden you feel like a hand go in your front pocket. Yeah. And it wasn't your hand. At right. first I thought it was your hand. 
And then you're like, well, what do I do? Right. You know, like, so I have to like, you know, me, I always play things off kind of like as a joke. Yeah. So that's what I actually did. Yeah. You know, kind of made fun of it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, if I had put my hand back into her pocket. Oh my God. We, like, we wouldn't be making this podcast right no. now. <laughs> and you know, what's funny is we, her and I didn't even break up over that. No. No, because she was, she, she's so, I mean, I really loved her. What We broke up because um, she got married to this guy and he was cheating on her and I told her. Right. I'm like, listen, and like, and by the way, like her whole wedding party hated him and like all, like everybody, like he was aw- this awful person and she married him. And I told, I was the only one that told her. Okay. Um, and it was such a grapple at the time in my life. Do I tell her or don't I tell her? Well, anyways, she couldn't handle that. I, and I said it with love and no judgment. Just like, listen, this is how I feel. You know, I think I called her the day after her wedding and I was like, you should really get it annulled. Like oh, this boy. is how, remember? And, and, yeah. and I get it. Like that was a lot, but, um. Anyways, he was cheating on her, and they're divorced now, and she's married to a lovely person. Um, but I, not that we were got in a fight. It's just she really took a step back from me, and we were very distant. We were like best friends, and we got very distant after mm. that. And there were no more hands in your pocket. No. I think, well, <laughs> well there was that one other time, but oh. we won't go there. Okay. Yeah. The guy from Lancaster, PA. <laughs> All right, we got two more. Okay. Uh, Beth C. writes... Mm-hmm. I had to break up with a good friend that I had for more than 20 years. I started realizing that she was always trying to manage my life. Uh, she was the one that always had to have the itineraries for the vacation. She was the only one, always one to pick the restaurant. She was the one that picked where they would sit in that restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I guess, you know, that became exhausting to her and she had to cut her out. I don't know. What do you, what do you think of that one? You know, I think that that's kind of... A personality conflict. I mean, it, uh, not being there um, myself, I can see like where it might be kind of difficult to say, like, you know, I'm taking her word for it that maybe she didn't feel like this woman was self-aware. Like, oh my gosh, it's always your agenda. It's always what you want to do. You're not asking anybody. You don't even think to ask anybody. And maybe for a while she went along with it. She was like, okay, whatever. I'll, let, I'll do what you want to do. Cause I know that's how you like, you like to control things. And maybe they were friends because she would let her take the driver's seat and she would always be passenger. And then as you, as she kind of grew and awakened and she was like, Hey, wait a second. Like, can you ask me what my opinions are or whatever? And she noticed that, nope, that's not the kind of friend this is. They kind of just had to grow apart. You know, it's a personality, which is, that's what happens. Like you wake up one day, you know, spiritually and you look around and you're like, oh my gosh, like this person that I chose, like doesn't fit with where I'm at. And that's just growing apart. And either they start fitting and she starts being like, well, what do you want to do? Or like, what do you want? Or they don't. And then you have to kind of depart from the friendship. Right. Well, this is not good because I mean, that that sounds like kind of like a red to me. Yeah. And you know, like I like to plan, like I just planned the hotel Cecil vacation for us. Yeah. Uh, you know, I do like to plan the vacation. <laughs> you do do that. I do yeah. like to pick the restaurant. I do like to pick where we sit in the restaurant. So, I mean, I kind of feel myself in that one well, a little bit. Well, what's funny is um, I'm always like, whatever, okay, I'll go along with it because that's just me. But now that we have kids, they're putting their foot down. And now yeah. you're coming against people that you're not used to because you give birth to people with opinions. You right. did not marry somebody with as many opinions about those things, but you did give birth. Well, I gave birth to them, and now they bother you. So you're getting it back. I'm getting it back, yeah. <laughs> All right. Here's the last one from Allie Kay, and she did send a picture, so we'll, we, we can okay. actually see what's going on here. Yeah. All right. We are practically inseparable. I lost myself trying to be cool and doing the things she did. This went on for about two years. We even had matching American flags on our butts. Oh, yeah. And I could, they actually sent me that picture, not on the page, <laughs> in my DMs. And I can confirm, yes, they do. Um, 
one, they were missing one star though. Mm-hmm. All right. After I had a spiritual awakening, I realized that she was heading down a path that was not right for who I am. In fact, for the past two years, I was heading down the same path, but just didn't realize. We slowly drifted away and it was so lonely, lonely mm-hmm. in big letters. Mm-hmm. At first I was mad. I realized that she was only ever around if I or someone else could provide her something, but never, she never gave back in return. But she liked the feeling of being needed, but not used. Mm -hmm. Then I realized that she just was being her. I tried to become her. That's not her fault. It was months of me being angry at her for using me, not being there, only caring for herself. I had to take the empathic standpoint to feel okay after our breakup. She's doing the things that feel right to her at that time, that are no longer right to me and what I believe in. Boy, I can tell you there was anger, crying, sadness, loneliness. It took a few months to get back to her old ways. And she did put the two colors. There is a picture. Yeah. I believe she thinks her friend is a red purple. She is a red purple. And then she has herself down as a yellow turquoise. Yeah. So lonely. That's interesting. When we say goodbye to these friendships, and actually this is a good one to close on. Like when we say goodbye to these friendships, we also say goodbye to a piece of us that it served. It served a piece of us for a very long time to have a friend like that. Um, whatever we were going through at the time, whatever we identified with at the time, whatever our ego built up around us to help us feel safe and survive and lovable at the time. So when we say goodbye to that, a little piece of us goes too. You're breaking up with a piece of yourself that used to agree with that. So it can be very isolating and lonely. It can be very confusing and you can kind of be stuck in a place where you're like, who am I? And, and you can kind of feel a little joyless because those people, they were fun. You know, they were fun and they did something for you. And it's kind of like cutting the rope and you're all by yourself. You're free falling. So like she said, it gets better, you know? And I think we all who've been through this, we understand, okay, it's better. It's better on the other side. And you meet different people that reflect the new versions of you, but it's, it's weird for a while. Yeah. When I look at her friend's picture, she's red purple. And you know, some people just they're ballsy. They're like, you know what? Hey, I, uh, can you pay for lunch? Can you cover me? Can you drive? Can you do this? Hey, you got this right. You know, and Hey, I'll take this shirt. Oh, I forgot to give it back or like whatever, you know, a part of you let her get away with it for years, which is what she's saying. And now she'll just continue to do her. She'll find other people that let her get away with it. Um, and it's hard to be friends with somebody after you've had a spiritual awakening and you know how empathic you are that that when they're not boundary sensitive so that this girl is just not boundary sensitive. That's just how she is. Now, when I look at the friend, I see that, um, the one who's writing this, she's, yes, she's yellow and she, she's more of like a light blue. So, which can mimic turquoise in a way and that she took on a lot of the other person's personality. And I could see like wearing, oh, and it's funny cause she's this picture that she gave me, she's with her friend and she is wearing like an inauthentic purple mm. in there. So I can see where she was trying to fit in or trying to be more like this person when she was really just a support system for this person's reality and how it was supposed to go. That's, that's interesting. And a lot of growth in that paragraph. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, I know I just want to say you give incredible advice to all these people. And I just, I just want to tell all these people, you know, Allie and everyone that wrote the stories, you know, they're probably feeling a little bad, depressed, things like that. And I just want to tell them, this is my advice. Pop a chalky milk. <laughs> Pop a chalky milk. Pop a chalky it's milk. It's going to be okay. All right. We're your friends, by the way. Yes. We are. In like an online way. It's very safe for the indigos and the blues. <laughs> Let's go get someone's bread. Let's do it. Hey guys, thank you so much. This podcast is for you and about you. And thank you so much for staying with us today. And you all take care.
If you want to be the most interesting person at the cocktail party, well, hop on over and listen to the Brain Candy Podcast. Our award-winning content will have you laughing while you're learning. We read all the best articles, books, and studies, and keep up with new TV shows, documentaries, and pop culture. And then we cram it all into two shows a week. Conspiracy theories, cannibal rabbits, unsolved mysteries, the history of the Walkman. There's something for everyone. The Brain Candy Podcast. Find our link in the show notes. Or simply search for the Brain Candy Podcast on your podcast app.